the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts, we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying, what we saying, prime information. Facts, keys to the city, we unlocking the statements. Streaming every Friday. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We are streaming on all social media platforms, including Twitch at Keys to the City. Subscribe, comment, share, like. The final show of the craziest year, the most unexpected year in the history of this great country. Maybe the of this world, let's just be honest. I can't believe it. 2020 is finally coming to an end. So much un- it's just unexpected, the madness, the chaos, the craziness. I don't know about you, but I had a good year. Thanks. I- I'm glad he laughs about this whole year, thinking it's a big, like, you know, people have have died, right? You know, there's a lot of people that have lost their lives and, and ruined their lives. Yes, Trev. Trev's walking around all, all holly jolly right now. Uh, Christmas, is, jolly Christmas is over. Christmas. But speaking so of chaos shorter. and madness... Let's talk about the NFL season because that's what it's been this year. It's been one week after another, whether it's battling with COVID, whether it's the upsets that have been going on recently, as I should say, maybe not in the beginning of the year, but recently with the Jets winning two straight games, the New York Jets are on a winning streak, ladies and gentlemen. We thought they were a shoe-in for the number one pick. You got the you got the Steelers losing to Washington, the Giants going into Seattle, all things that maybe we didn't expect to see. There is one thing, though, that we're maybe are going to see in the next couple, maybe in a month or so, and that's Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. He's the most improved player that we've seen this season I mean, he's compared been, to the last two years because from where he was to where he is now, yeah, I mean, how could you how could you say anything else? Right now, how, other, you, how can you argue it? I will put it this way right now. He's playing the second-best football in the entire league, only behind Aaron Rodgers. He's playing better than Mahomes right now. Well, I just, I mean, if you just look at the games, the last four games, the Chiefs as a team hasn't been playing well. They've won like eight straight games with only winning by single digits. So they're not playing good football. If you watch even Mahomes, he had three picks against uh, against Miami. He didn't play well against Atlanta. They only scored the first time all season that they scored less than 20 points. And if you watch the pick he threw early in the first half, flat-footed. If you watch Mahomes, though, in general, his fundamentals are all off. But he gets away because he's so talented as an individual he's and, just, he's just and so, his arm, yeah. it, he's just able to make up for, you know, like guys who have to, like Daniel Jones has to do everything right. And I always go back to Daniel Jones, but he has to do everything right to be, to be complete where Mahomes is like, he can just throw it side leg and no look. Oh, so you have the best tight end in the game, the fastest receiver player. In but the Josh NFL, Allen though is playing the best football. Last night, 320 yards, four touchdowns. Listen, I thought the game would have been closer. I really did. I thought Bill Belichick and the Patriots would have had one last hurrah, now, and they had no chance last night. Now, I, I last night, and, and speaking of crazy 2020, the Patriots have been a disaster this year. We haven't seen that in 20 years, so it's just. Last night was the nail in the coffin for a terrible Patriots season. Since 1999. It's, been, it's been crazy. We will not see the New England Patriots in the playoffs since 2008, specifically, because that's when Tom Brady yeah. gets out. But First time having a losing record since 99. Yes, that's true. That's too. But last night, you really got this. Joe's this, smiling. This Buffalo Bills team. He loves it. And Joe was on this team, especially Josh Allen earlier the year, kind of took a step back because he had a little rough patch. But since then, he's been lights out. Look, I know that the Chiefs are the champs. They're looking like they could repeat. 
but there's not a lot of great teams in this NFC that or NFC and AFC, I should say the whole NFL, that I think could match up with this Chiefs teams. There's probably a handful of teams. Well, you gotta score. Well, you look at you look at this Bills team right now, they're scoring at will. Last week, scoring almost 50 points against Denver. Last night, 30, 35, 38, 38 points. 38. 38 points. They've been on a roll, a tear as of late. Josh Allen specifically. That defense as well is starting to get back to Buffalo Bills defense. And the running game, which has kind of been lackluster throughout the year, is starting to warm up. So they're getting hot at the right time. Now, I know we say the question, are the Bills and Josh Allen the only team that stands a chance of dethroning the champs from repeating. I know you'll probably could say the Packers, maybe the Ravens, because they're getting real hot as of well, too. Maybe the Bucks. But Joe, let me ask you are the Bills and Josh Allen the only team that poses a real threat to the throning the champs from repeating? Well, sure. Look, the way they've been playing for the last seven weeks, you could argue that the Buffalo Bills are actually a better football team right now than the Kansas City Chiefs. I will say this, though, you know, in watching the Chiefs, they've been winning a lot of close games, kind of getting it done. And I think coming off a Super Bowl win, I think that's great. I think you need that, especially, listen, coming off a Super Bowl victory, the idea of the repeat, you want it to come easy. And of course it never does. I think the fact that you get tested the year after is what allows you the opportunity to repeat because they're not as good a football team as they were last year. They're just not. Uh, and you can see it, but th- it doesn't matter. They were so much better than everybody else last year that them a step down is still better than everybody except for the Bills. I said something to Trev last night when I got home from work and I said – no one is playing better football right now in the AFC. And it's a close second. But the, the Buffalo, after watching last night's game, no one's playing better football than the Buffalo Bills. Truly, I, I truly believe that. I know their defense is not as good as what it has been the past two years. But you know what? It doesn't have to be because right now your quarterback, other than Aaron Rodgers, is playing the best football in the NFL. And it's not even a close second. He's playing better than Mahomes right now. Overall, you can just watch his entire game. His Accuracy, uh, decision decision making, making, ability to run. I mean, I had this stat right up before this, and this was before last night's game. But since week nine, the Bills are averaging more points than the Kansas City Chiefs. There's a there's a better touchdown interception ratio. The point differential up until last this weekend. Now this is all before this weekend. They were Bills were plus 39, Chiefs were only plus 21, and then turnover differential, which we always talk about on the show, especially with the Giants. The Bills were plus three, and the Chiefs were minus one. And I, and, and I think if I add the stats in from this weekend, the Bills would only increase their numbers over the Chiefs. They have played great football. If you take that BS loss against the Arizona Cardinals, they sure only have two losses. And they, and they shouldn't be on like an 8-9 game win streak. Their last loss should be that weird COVID weekend game where they played in a rainy Monday, the Chiefs. Chiefs Monday Night Football. Yeah. So there are two losses against the Chiefs, which was actually a close game, and it was bad weather, and the Bills didn't play well whatsoever. And then the blowout on Thursday night football early in the yes, season the against the Tennessee Titans where they got – No, that was another game that got, got delayed because of COVID, COVID, too. That was supposed to be a Thursday but night But if you game. just look overall and you've watched a game of football the past two weeks, you could tell that the Bills are playing the best football in the AFC. And, the, and, and I'll tell you, the Chiefs are not even playing the second best football because – and, and you ask me, you're asking a question, I'll put it to this. There's another team, and I know people are going to disagree with me, and I know he hasn't beaten them. But I don't want to play the Baltimore Ravens right now. They are getting healthy. 
The, Lamar is starting to look at where he was last season. Their defense is getting healthier. And here's the thing. You got to understand, guys. Football in general this year has been an up-and-down season. Even the best teams have up-and-downs, okay? We looked at the Packers at a point of the season. We're like, ah, they're not playing well. Now you look at the Packers like, they're the best team in the NFC right now. They're gelling. The Ravens right now, they're healthy. All their players are coming back. They have no major injuries. Their offensive line is starting to gel because, remember, they were fluctuating offensive linemen through the season. Lamar, COVID guys, they had 19 guys if out. I the, if I had to pick so the Ravens, dangerous. the Ravens, you got to watch out because at any time, Lamar might be the most dangerous player in the NFL other than Mahomes. If they're running the football, and they have the defense that at least can match up against the Chiefs, even though they've gotten beat twice. If I had to pick, yeah, this is a question not just for the AFC, because I know everybody's talking about the AFC, and this is for the NFL, because you look at this, you look at Josh Allen's progression towards, like we always talk about with this show, we always talk about the quarterbacks and how they've progressed over from year one to year two to year three. Well, Sam Darnold's still kind of struggling. Baker Mayfield still has his struggles. Lamar has been starting to heat up, but now you look at Josh Allen and even Lamar, both of them, I should say, are taking that next step. I know Lamar won the MVP last year, but he had a little rough patch throughout this early on in the season. Look at those two now. Those are the quarterbacks of two of maybe the scariest teams in the entire football league right now, not just the AFC. And you still, to me, and I've been saying all year, you still can't count out a team like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with that much talent around them with the quarterback that's leading the helm. You can't count them out. I know Bruce Arians is sometimes an egomaniac at times, but still you can't take away a team that's that talented defensively and offensively and say, Oh, forget about them. They're, they're they'll be fine. Like, no worry about them. You, you can't worry about them because that NFC right now, it looks like to me, a two to three team race. I really like what the Packers are doing. Seattle's defense is starting to warm up, and then the Buccaneers. I do. I'm sorry, Joe, and we've had this argument a couple weeks ago with Drew Brees. I cannot get behind the Saints with Drew Brees. I can't. I know they won last week thanks to Alvin Kamara, and that helps. That's a massive help to have a guy score six touchdowns. Anytime you could do that with a playmaker like him. But just watching him throw the ball still, Joe, I'm sorry. It ain't gonna do it. It ain't gonna cut it for me to win that. Throw part. the ball to Alvin Kamara, and when you don't throw it to him, hand it to him. That's all you gotta do, Drew. Nobody, nobody, nobody's looking for him to do anything more than to do the one thing that Taysom Hill couldn't do: put the ball in Kamara's hands. You do that, and this is what happens. Three weeks in a row, dude. This kid wasn't getting the ball. He got literally all his touchdowns back. In one day. I, I, I love that. This is the key to the Saints. The the, the Look, we, we know what Drew Brees is and what he isn't, and whether Taysom Hill is the future there or not remains to be seen. But as long as this guy's the guy, I don't know that Hill's ever going to get a chance. Yeah, because you, we talked about this multiple times. When Taysom Hill came in, Alvin Kamara's numbers drastically went down. I mean, it wasn't even close to this. I mean, just look at what he did in one game this weekend with Drew Brees compared to what he did in four weeks with Taysom Hill. I think he had more yards and more touchdowns in the one game this weekend than he had all with Taysom Hill. And that was without Michael Thomas. So maybe that played in a factor, too, with the six touchdowns. But he did tie Gale, tie Gale Sears for the six touchdowns. Very impressive. Um, killed me in uh, my fantasy because I was going against Alvin Kamara. Uh, I have Alvin Kamara. But, you know, hey, listen – I think if you're looking at the NFC right now, it is a four, it is a close four-man race. I, the Packers are playing great football. And and I believe right now Aaron Rodgers is the MVP. And I think when he's playing as good as he's ever played, and that's saying a lot, 
This is a guy that already has two MVPs under his belt. Let me, and I think he'll get the third one. But you look, hold up, you look at this. I'm going to say one thing I want to do with this. We had this conversation a couple weeks ago. Who's the best tandem right now? Right now, I got to change my pick because I went with Mahomes and Hill. It's not even close. It's Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. Man, they're, no. they're, they're, and I tell you, we didn't talk about this team. And because we didn't consider him, but now you watch last night, oh, Diggs, Diggs and, and, Diggs and, and Allen, Josh Allen. Man. And this is something we will talk about in a little bit with the Giants, but Joe, you and me have talked about this, and Trev too, is the importance of having a number one receiver on the team. You give up what the Bills gave up to get, get a guy like Stephon Diggs, and look at what it's, it's done it. for it Josh Allen this year. Diggs, how about that offense? Career highs and everything, it seems like, this year. I mean, he's leading he leads the league in receiving yards. And catches too. It's yards now too. I believe, yeah. He had a huge game last night. What, 103 touchdowns, nine catches, and 145. He was a beat. Here's, uh, let me ask you both this question: Your top five teams that can beat the Chiefs from from repeating. Well, who would be your top five teams in the NFL right now? Both of you, Ted Stark. Packers one. Okay. Packers would definitely be my one. Joe, who would be your one? Um. I would say the Bills right now are my one. And I would put the Packers as my two. Why? I do, I do see them. I see them. I see the Packers probably in the Super Bowl. So do I. Against Mahomes, an all-state game. I say the best quarterback versus best quarterback. Exactly what Most, we want. So funny. So um, I put this, but my spoiler alert here is I think it could very well be Allen and Rodgers. Or Mahomes and Brady. I think either way, you're going to get a pretty cool yeah, quarterback can't, can't, can't situation. It's going to be cool either way. Defense do enough to slow down because you know, you know, it's not about stopping anyone. It's about slowing them down and controlling. I'll tell you, Seattle. Charles has said this, and it's starting to brew on me. Don't hold your breath on Seattle because their defense hasn't given up more than 17 points in like four straight weeks. Jamal Adams is healthy. And he looks like the best safety again. All of a sudden, their defense is playing inspired. Carlos Dump Dunlap so has it. added. So if I would do it this way, I would do the Packers top five court. Packers. Mm-hmm. I would take the Packers. Tampa Bay. And the only reason I say Tampa Bay because they have the defensive line to match up with them, okay. and that's the key because you, you kind of get pressure on Mahomes before you can't listen. I'll put it this way. The problem why Baltimore struggles is because they blitz a lot and you can't blitz Mahomes. Okay, so who's keep so going. I would do see, okay, so I'll do this. I'll do Green Bay, Seattle, uh, Green Bay, Tampa, Ravens, Seattle, Bills. You're all over the freaking. No, I'm not. <laughs> Green Bay, I'll, Green. Okay. Uh, Joe, who's your top five? I know I'm all over the place, but I should have listened to Bills. This, is, this is what he just did. I don't know if I got the order right because it was a little all over the place, but. <laughs> I got hold on Packers, Bucks, Seattle, Ravens, Bills. Bills would be my last only wow. because I think their defense is the is not the worst. Their defense but actually I, playing better. A lot but better. I don't think they can develop enough pressure against them. Where I like the Packers front five, especially Rashawn Gary and the two Smith brothers. Even though I know they're not brothers, Seattle's defense has played much better, and I love Russell Wilson. I think the Bucks can match up with the front four with Shaq Barrett and JPP, and the Ravens. I just think Lamar and the way they can control the ball, running the football, you can control the clock and keep Mahomes away. So I got. I'm gonna go with the Bills. I'm gonna go with the Bucks. Go with the Packers. Go with the Ravens, and I'll go with the Seattle Seahawks. That's how you do it. 
I, I like the, really like what the Bills are doing. They got the coaching staff. They got the quarterback. They can score with anybody. And in a league that you have to score, especially against the best at times, most of the time, the best player in the world, Patrick Mahomes, you need to score. This Buffalo team can score because their quarterback's on a roll right now. And it's tough to pick between Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, and Patrick Mahomes right now. Honestly, it's tough to pick because all three are playing at a woo, at another well, level. Lamar's starting to get hot again. Lamar's, I, I love the Ravens right now because I, I see this is what Lamar can do. And they're starting to let Lamar do his thing. But he's also being patient. He's not making bad decisions when he throws the ball. He looked good the other night against the Giants defense that throughout this entire season has confused a lot of quarterbacks. Just go ask Russell Wilson and just go ask Jared Goff. That's and Tom Brady. Just go ask what they – the Ravens picked the Giants apart last week. And this is it. We're one week away from wild card weekend, and most of these teams, with the exception of the Packers, are going to be playing in wild card weekend. And I can't wait for it. It's been a crazy year. There's been a lot of upsets, but you're starting to see these teams like the Packers, Bills, Seahawks, Bucks, Ravens, all starting to get into the right mindset going in the playoffs. One thing I want to bring up, this Chiefs team is going to struggle because I think the loss, and I said it with the with the Steelers, losing a player like Clyde Edward Hilaire is going to set back this Chiefs running game. They can't run the football right now. Steelers. Same as the Steelers. But the Steelers have had well, no, I know. When I talked about the Steelers with Devin Bush and losing Bud Dupree, it's it showed. It started to show. No, but the Steelers can't run the football. And, and you're losing Clyde, you got to pass the ball. He's, even in the passing game, he's huge. That's why he has. That's why a guy like Travis Kelsey has become so valuable for Patrick Mahomes. Well, I mean, it's true, but it's the running game too. At the end of the day, if you if you're third and one and fourth and one, you got to line up with four receivers to throw the ball. There's a problem there. I mean, the Steelers showed multiple times that they couldn't run the football, couldn't get one yard, and the Chiefs the same thing. They can't get one yard running the football. I was very impressed. And, and I was very impressed with the Buffalo Bills last night. And that's huge. Very impressed. You got to be impressed. able to control drives and a third and one fourth and drive to extend drives to keep the clock going to keep Mahomes off the field is going to play a factor. Now I wanted to put the Browns in this conversation because they were playing well, but up until a, <laughs> a, a terrible defeat to the Jets. But mind you, they didn't have their top four receivers. They're the best team and in New York this weekend. They did. A team that won. They're on a winning streak, the New York Jets. Look out, people. The Jets are coming. But also got to take into consideration, they didn't have their top four weapons at a receiver because of COVID. But here's the thing. I got to interrupt. Why are you throwing the ball 53 times? And I'm not trying to. I'm not, they couldn't run the football. I'm Michael Rex Ryan. Say, I don't care. You run the football and you run the football. And if you only get one, you just keep running the football because eventually it'll break. The dam will break. You just keep running the football. And then you set up play action for Baker Mayfield to have to throw the ball 53 times. I think they had a stat the other day. When he throws the ball over 40 times, he's like 0 and 9 in the last two That's years. Probably or something. most quarterbacks. And then when he throws the ball less than 40 times, they're a winning football team. Like, Chubb had eight carries. Wait, yeah, you can't do what yeah, is that? No, no, listen, listen. It's, it's so Chubb had eleven carries. Whatever. One it's of them was for hold on. One was for sixteen yards. The other ten were for a combined twelve. Kareem Hunt rushed the ball four times for eleven yards. They had eighteen carries for forty-five yards. They did score two touchdowns, both touchdowns on the ground, mind you, but they averaged two and a half yards per carry. But yeah. Baker throwing the ball 53 times without his best receivers is idiotic. Doesn't make you're, sense. You're, you'd have been better off trying to pound that run, punting the ball, 
and just keep pounding the Jets until because you eventually bump them down. Then you don't have the three fumbles, which end up costing them at the end of the game. Run the football, run the football. I just didn't understand why you were passing heavy. I understand that you found out Friday night after everything of you prepared for that you were losing Dedrick Wells and you were losing four receivers. So what do you do if you lose receivers? You go to the run game. You go to your bread and butter. You go to the thing that got you with 10 wins. I mean, think about it. You have two elite running backs in the backfield, and you don't feed them at least 12 to 15 times a game? I mean, this is like when we used to complain about why Barkley's touching the ball 15 times a game, and you used to be like, you used to scream, you're like, he should be running the ball 18 times a game with at least five receptions, 23 times a game. I don't care if you can't pass it. The Saints can't pass it, so just keep feeding Kamara. Good players make plays. And you control the clock. And you don't let Baker turn the ball over. And you probably win the football game. You gave the Jets two short fields. And that's why they scored. Well, again, you're also playing in New York in December. I mean, if the, if, if the recipe you drew up for success was throwing the ball 53 times, then you were doomed before you even like got off the, off the tarmac at JFK. I mean, what a horrible plan. Like you said, three fumbles. He lost two of them. I don't understand it, but I mean, look, not for nothing. He was still throwing the ball to, to uh, Hooper and Jakku and Hunt. And I mean, Chubb, it's not like he didn't have anybody who could catch the ball Absolutely. to be fair. I understand for his top four receivers are out, but his tight ends were there and his running backs were there. So again, when we talk about bigger Mayfield, isn't, isn't there to win you a football game, bigger Mayfield's there to make sure you don't lose the football game. It's the same thing I'm looking from Daniel Jones. I don't want Daniel Jones to win me football games. I want him to not lose football games. Yeah, when, you're, again, when, you're, when you're building around a running back, your whole offense is going to run through Nick Chubb or through Saquon Barkley. Your quarterback can't throw the ball 53 times unless you're down 40 to nothing at the half. There's no winning system. See, I like because I watched the show yesterday and people are like, oh, He's not good enough to win football. No, he is good enough to win football games. But here's the problem everyone has to understand. There's very few quarterbacks in football that can win without a running game. There's like three of them. It's like Rodgers, Russell, and Mahomes. No one else. Everyone else needs something to go right. Even the best quarterbacks needed the Steelers, when they were great in the 70s and when Big Ben early, they needed to run the football. You need Listen, teams that win the Super Bowl have to be able to run the football, have to throw the ball, have to play good defense. You don't just win because a quarterback throws the ball a thousand times a day. It doesn't win that way. You have to be able to be balanced when it matters. And when and people say why, Baker not, is not good enough because he can't – no. And that's why – Every quarterback – listen, Brady, when Tampa Bay doesn't run the football and they become a one-dimensional team, Tampa Bay is not as good. Just look how good the Packers were the why, last couple of weeks. That's why Aaron Jones and, and that's Dylan why I think the, And that's why I think the Bills are getting right at the right time because they are running the football effectively now. If they could get that running game going with Singletary and Moss, with the way that Josh Allen is playing, better than maybe other than Aaron Rodgers right now, I don't know. Like the, the chance of a repeat for the Chiefs doesn't look so certain. Doesn't look so certain. Just say that because it's wide open with that – with the Ravens playing hot, and think about that. The Ravens still can win, and they might. Oh, the, no, no, they win or win. Okay. The Colts, I know there's six teams, if the there's Browns, six teams that are 10 and 5 right now that are fighting for the last two. So, uh, so this is well. how it goes. Titans. If the Ravens win, the Browns win, and Miami win, they're all in. The Colts get left out. Yes. If one of those teams loses Colts. and the Colts win, yeah. they jump up. Well, the now, if, here's the other thing. If Tennessee loses 
and the, the Colts win. win. Yes. The Colts win the division. Tennessee becomes the wild card. So the Colts play the Jacksonville. Looks like that should be a win. Miami the plays Brown, the Bills. Miami, that's going to be a tough one. Tennessee plays Houston. And Cleveland plays the Steelers. Which now has Mason Rudolph. Which now starting. Mason Rudolph is starting as the quarterback. So all those, there's going to be a possible 11-win team that's not making the playoffs. And that's year. crazy to think because they even, And they added enough. That's what I'm saying. But right now, the repeat for the Chiefs doesn't look as certain as we thought maybe throughout most of this entire season because you got the play of Josh Allen playing at an MVP-like caliber type quarterback. And you got the Ravens as well that are playing, starting to get hot. And then the NFC, you got Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Rodgers. And you can't forget about Tom Brady and Russell Wilson. Well, hey, listen, that Packer game proved and a lot to me. Say, I mean, there, it's going to be That Packer fun. game, though, proved a lot to me Sunday night because yeah. I thought Tennessee – listen, it's snowing, even though I thought the Packers would play to their level. I thought Tennessee would be able to run the football and play much better. They, they I, couldn't I, do I tell you, Tennessee's defense is not good, Joe. No, that, no, no, they they were terrible. They're not yeah, good. Yeah, you know, it, 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 that's another one of those where you know earlier in the year you thought eh, they're good enough, and now you're starting to think that it's going to become real problematic against, especially against good teams, which yeah, is what you'll be facing in the postseason. Because look at all those teams you had listed on that. All those teams are really good. The Colts, listen, I know the Colts have some deficiencies, but they're still a good enough team to. Get close, get to the Super Bowl, maybe. I mean, Rivers got hot and doesn't turn the ball over at the end of the fourth quarter like he n- normally does. I mean, that's that's huge. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> I didn't write that. You didn't? Is that the mystery no. man? Is I didn't do mind? that. No, you didn't do that. Is somebody I else? I swear to God, no, somebody, I didn't do it. Somebody sabotaging our show right now. What's going on? The Russians are after us. The Russians are after us, Joe. Could it be? <laughs> I'll tell you one thing, though. This would still be my favorite right now if I was a betting man of how they're playing to win the Super Bowl. Just because I think Mahomes is such an X factor and playing home is going to be a difference. And Green Bay, no one's going to want to go to Lambeau. No one's going to want to play in that cold and weather, especially oh, Brady in the Bucs. That man know how to do it. No, he ain't got TB12. TB12 is not. I mean, those are all – look, at it, you keep popping those up. Those are all a possible matchup preview in the Super Bowl. But – you are leaving out the Bills. I just want to say that the Bills still, you gotta, I mean, that team, how they're playing right now, and they're no, getting right fun. at their, and they're happy. Yeah, they're enjoying themselves. They have a, a great group that believes in this team and this coaching staff. And job well done to Sean McDermott because he's been a hell of a coach since going over to Buffalo. All in all, the next month or so, I can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun in these NFL playoffs because right now, it was her. I think it was her. We found her. We found yeah, her. We, figured, we just figured out the culprit. <laughs> I knew it was her. We just played it off. But let's get over to a team that miraculously still has a shot to make the playoffs. Or a top five pick. Or a top. <laughs> yeah. I don't think top five. Top I think six. the highest they can six. get is six or so. Six. Okay. I looked at them. So that's how crazy. five teams. Sorry to cut you off. Uh-huh. There's five teams that are five and ten. So depending on the losses and everything. Because if Philly wins, so, so 75% of that NFC East is still available to possibly be playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because that's what it all shapes up to be. Whoever wins the Washington-Philly game on Sunday Night Football, if Washington, it's very simple. Washington, you win, you're in. Giants, you win, and you need Washington to lose. Dallas, you win, and you need Washington to lose. And you're in the playoffs. And like I've been saying all year, and I'm going to stick with it. 
That a six-win team, a team is not going to win more than six games in this playoffs. So, hmm, does that mean I guess I must be picking the New York Giants to win the NFC East? Because both teams have six wins in Washington. But before we get into even that, we'll talk about that game later in the week, as well as talking the college football playoff. Can't wait for that Friday. Go Buckeyes. Anyways, we're, Friday, gonna, we're not talking about the We're game. not going to talk about it on Friday. We're going to talk about it on Saturday, but I'm just saying go Buckeyes because I am the Ohio State guy, as everybody likes to call me. So let's get into it. The Giants are 60 minutes away from possibly playing in the playoffs or 60 minutes away from figuring out their they offseason still need plan. Philly to win. That's true. They have to just Both Dallas part. and Giants are both ruined for Philly. So we look at the past <laughs> month, and we were talking about it last night, Joe. Hard to say, Joe. How miraculously this team has fallen off the past three weeks when this team was 5-7, and seven, and, and Ted said it last week. And I'm going to believe him. I, I believe it's fool's gold with this team because we all got really excited about this for that that month span we all got really excited we felt like the giants were back here we go and they were getting in the right state of mind getting ready to maybe take over this nfc east it was theirs for the taking and we talked about it what the hell happened did they just turn off the light and just say "Eh, we don't really want to play anymore it just it's it's unfathomable that they literally when they they went on a four game winning streak and everybody was on them and people were loving them and all of a sudden they start losing, and they and the way they're losing on top of it, they're not just losing by a one-possession game. They're, they're losing ugly. They're not playing inspired. They don't look like this giant team for the past that was playing a month ago. Uh, well, I think their defense is drained a little bit. I really oh, do. yeah. That, I, that, I think their oh, defense yeah. has been drained. I think the offense, we talked about it when watching the game on Sunday, and I was like, I don't know how much more. Past two weeks, I, I really I haven't finished the giant game the past two weeks. I hate to say that. I'm a diehard giant. Well, that's how bad it's well, I been. Finished, I finished the game, but what I was going to say is that's that how bad it's been. When you looked at the first half, couldn't control, couldn't control the ball. Ravens had the ball for like 90 minutes, not 90 minutes, but 90 percent of the first half. The I mean, it was like the Giants had the ball for five minutes, and the Ravens had the ball for the whole. I mean, the first quarter was like 10 minutes to five. I mean, yeah. Ravens had the ball. You said, "Wow, the Ravens just had a seven-minute drive." They just had a nine-minute drive. The Giants go for a minute and a half. Then the Giants go three and out, and then the Ravens had another five-minute drive, and the Giants, the Giants go three and out. And that's what I think is the most frustrating thing is when I watch the Giants. There's no life in the offense. There's no excitement in the offense. And to answer your question, it's going to be a receiver, Joe, who they need to take. It's not a pass rusher. And the reason why I say that is too, and Jace would agree with me. There's not an elite pass rusher in this coming upcoming draft class. In the college football, there's not. There's an elite number one receiver? Yes, there is. There's and, there, and there's multiple ones. And I think if anyone's learned anything about this NFL draft is rookie receivers can come in the NFL and make an immediate impact because we've seen it. It's not fool's gold. We've seen rookie receivers come in the league and be a big participant. Now, are they – the guy that they're going to be in two to three years? No, but they can come in and make a difference for your team automatically, and we've seen that. It's absolutely. So here's the thing. There's elite receivers at where the Giants will be choosing. There's not elite pass rush. Mika Parsons is probably the best defensive player that's going to come out in the top five. He's an outside linebacker, more of a hybrid guy that can – he can rush the passer very well. He can play the pass. Could the Giants go for him? Absolutely. It'd be, a, it'd be an impactful player that you can use in the 3-4 scheme. You can pass rush him and use him to cover the tight ends. I just think you need to go receiver because if we've learned anything, this defense can get away with who we have right now. And if we get healthy and we get the guys back that are uninjured, um, I'm going to mess up his name. The kid oh. from uh, Old Dominion. Oh, Shawnee Simmons. And the kid from Georgia that we had. I'm drawing blanks. Jay I should Crowder. know these names. Okay, but Giant. who do we have for re- – I forget. It happens. Who do we have for receivers, right? 
We talked about this. Who is a giant receiver? You watch the Baltimore game. You watch, we can we don't have a guy that can break man coverage, press coverage. We don't have a guy that can go it open. Darius Slayton can't get open. He's, he's a great down the field. We we, we kind of jumped on him last year because he had such a good season. Like, that's going to be our guy. No, he's not a number one, guys. Let's let's understand that. There's a difference between a number one and a number two, right? There really is a difference. You know, you look at the Bills. They had all these nice receivers, similar to what the Giants had. Then they brought in Stephon Diggs. And then you're like, oh, this is what a number one receiver. Just like Miami, who's going to have a top three pick, should go get a number one receiver. You're going to put, If you've got a young quarterback, go put pieces around him. That's why I think Joe Burrow has an opportunity to be successful because there's a lot of young, skilled players around him. He's only going to be as good as the players around him. Look at Mahomes. Look at these quarterbacks that have guys. Watson. I mean, they gave away Hopkins. I mean, we know what he can do. He automatically uplifts Kyle Murray. Joe? Uh, yeah, a couple points. Uh, number one, you know, Slayton had the 10 touchdowns last year, Teddy, and I and I think people people make assumptions based on that. I mean, the reason he, he ended up with 10 touchdowns was they were throwing the football down the field a lot. Uh, and he's fast. He's not even close to a one. He's a three. Let's be honest. I like that. Um, if he's your three, that means you have two elite. You have two really right. good receivers. More of a two? I would say he's a three. Where he's a three. Hold on. He's a three. Tate and Shepard are twos. You don't have a one. You well, don't, don't have, have a one. one. A true way clearly out. not a one. Evan Ingram is your go-to receiver. And I'm, I won't even bother getting into that because everybody knows he can't he can't hold out of the ball. Uh, the other thing was, um, again, when we talk about that run of Giants games, it wasn't just the four wins for me. It was the four weeks before where they lost three of those games yeah. by six points. It was, an eight, better. it was an eight-week run that culminated in four straight wins, and we were like, oh, oh, my God. Again, we said, look, if this team could learn how to win, if the offense could improve, if the defense can get better, and you started to see all those things. I don't think it was fool's gold, and this is what disturbs me the most about it. This team was playing really well. They fired Mark Colombo. They had rushed three straight games over 150 yards. They would end up crossing 100 each of the next two weeks. The, the numbers declined each week to the point where last week, or the last three weeks now, the offensive line, is garbage. It went from getting like, you're like, oh, you're seeing, I love this rotation to, I mean, absolutely went from being like a B plus to an F, like a, like a bad F. One of those yeah. really bad ones where you I got like Twitter video 80% wrong. And, and I watched the offensive line and there was a couple plays where Matt Pert, I mean, was just with nowhere to be found, he might have been sitting yeah, on the bench because he didn't pass. Thomas has still been playing. He's still been playing, but you know, here's the thing. It's funny. Andrew Thomas has been playing better since Colombo left mm -hmm. at the expense of everybody else. Yeah, I that, that's that's what's killing me here. It's like they they I, I know I know uh, Joe Judge brought his buddy in to take over the O-line. Mm -hmm. And it's it, it clearly whatever this guy's saying to Andrew Thomas, it's working. Mm -hmm. But as far as the rest of the line's concerned, they've degraded. It, it, total total regression it, 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 to the point where I'm not saying fire Joe Judge, but Joe Judge has to be held accountable for this because this team was playing great football for eight weeks. Well, that and, and, we, and playing them through that. 
misplaying the injury, saying there was no regrets to run him out there, which is such a, a foolish, foolish thing to say, especially when you saw that you screwed him up for the next couple of weeks. He's still not healthy. He wasn't Joe. He wasn't sure, healthy. And, he's, and he's still not healthy, and Joe Judge still sticks by every poor thing he's done over the last four weeks. That's not going to win anybody over. That's not going to impress anybody. Hey, look, I shouldn't have started Jones. I thought that was our best bet. That was stupid. Tell me that. Tell me Tell me what I saw because I know where you went wrong, bro. Just say it. Yeah. Because he's but not running this the football team, the dynamic of the offense out. This team was primed and good. This was a good football team. And this is why, to me, the last three weeks has been – it's been so it's been so disappointing because I still think they're better than what we've seen the last three weeks. Mm-hmm. I don't have. To I think they're a better football team. But here's the thing: I don't think they're going to beat Dallas, and we don't have to get into all that. And I'll say simply: I don't see where in the last six days someone's going to get this offensive line to figure out what they were doing five weeks ago because th- that seems that seems shot to me at this point. I listen, I so, watched the Dallas game the other day, and you watch, and we're talking about receivers and not to change it from the offensive line, but Michael Gallup is real deal. I mean, he's better than what the Giants have. Yeah. CeeDee Lamb, the, their third receiver is better with the and, and they have Amari Cooper. And my, I'll tell you, the kid Dawn Schultz, the tight end, he doesn't drop the ball. Here's my here's, he, and, and 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 they look good. Me, Offensively, they're playing better. And, let me come in on this. I want to answer, I haven't answered this question yet. And I talked to Joe about this last night. And I said the Giants should go after a pass rusher in the first round. Cool. I There's tr- not I trust. A, I think you can I draft tr- a guy. I trust Allen Robinson or Kenny Galladay if they could stay. I mean, the thing is the health. But I trust them more than the, if you draft a, a Devontae Smith. I told you, Joe, is he coming in as your true number one receiver? Like Henry Ruggs, really good, really good receiver in college for Alabama, just like Devontae Smith. Jerry Judy, breakaway speed. Jerry Judy, great, great, great receivers. But are they really number one receivers? Is Devontae Smith a true number one receiver? Like, I know people say, well, look at Tyreek Hill. He's not the tallest guy. Yeah, but he has speed, unlike uh, out-of-this-world speed. He should be in the well, Olympics. Well, here's the thing. Uh, Devontae Smith, yes, he makes plays. When he gets the ball, he makes plays. I'm not taking that away from him. But is he a true number one in the NFL? Is he a guy that you can throw the ball with and take a, a game over with? I don't know. The way Devontae Smith has played, Absolutely. I think absolutely, and I think Jamar Chase, we saw that. Here's the I thing. I mean, Alan, Rob- thing. Alan Robinson's been with Mitchell Trubisky, and Alan Robinson's been a very, uh, very uh, good and underappreciated receiver in this league. If the Giants, if he becomes a, a, a free agent, the Giants should be doing all they can to try to bring in Alan Robinson. Listen, I'll put it this Because there is a number, that's a legit number one receiver on yes, their team. But all of a sudden. But here's the thing. We're all on the same page because we want Daniel Jones to succeed. Because if he succeeds, the Giants. I do want Daniel Jones. So here's the thing: if you're going to want him to succeed, go get both. Stop complaining. Go get two receivers. Go get Allen Robinson in free agency, so you get the veteran presence, the big guy who you know is accountable, and then you go get the young skill receiver in him. You let Shepard walk. Sorry, he's hurt too much. And if you want to keep him on the bench as a veteran presence, and he could be like your Golden Tate this year. Golden Tate's going to be off the books. Darius Slayton becomes your number three. Now you're like. We got Saquon, we got weapons, we got a young offense line who's played much better. We've seen them play well. Daniel Jones, here it is. Here's the cake. Go eat it. If you can't be successful, you're done next year. That's it. Enough for win the ten games. Win ten games with that, Ted, or get moving. And let's, I'm and with let's you. Finish off with, let's finish off with that question because there was a quarterback that 
in the same draft class and that many Giant fans at the time were hoping could be the new franchise quarterback at that time, and that's Dwayne Haskins. And I'm glad you brought up Daniel Jones because we should relate this back. And we were just talking earlier in the show about how Josh Allen has taken a massive step forward into becoming an elite quarterback in this league, where maybe last year at this time we're like, I don't know about Josh Allen yet. He's still on the fences. Well, now you get a year later, and he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Coaching. So, now look at uh, look at look. Ron Rivera is a great coach. No, I'm not. I think, no, what, I'm talking about. No, I'm not. Are we talking about Haskins or Josh? I'm Allen? talking about just progressions. How you could see a quarterback from year two to year three, and Haskins didn't even get to a full two years. Now Ron Rivera, I never thought they wanted him to be the quarterback, but they had no better option because they didn't have Alex Smith at 100% at the time. If Alex Smith was a 100% go, he's gonna he would have been. Starting I, that's what I'm saying. He would have been the starter at the beginning of the year. Dwayne Haskins would have never been the starter. I'm not even talking about the, just the play on the field, which has been terrible. I mean, it's sad to see how this kid was a 50 touchdown thrower at Ohio State and now is out of the, uh, is unemployed two years later. And I'm an Ohio State guy. I was I root for every Ohio State guy that plays. But the way that he's acted off the field, his biggest memory last year was him taking a selfie after a game that was still going on, and he was worrying about selfieing with fans. And the game was still, and we had to play mid-play. Actually, if you if you actually watched his last three games last year, he had the fifth, fourth best I know, quarter, okay. quarterback rating. So it down looked the like it, okay. So we played well, but then you look at this year. They've given him every opportunity he's had. A can't, a, it literally gave him a captain starting job. A starting job loses it because he sucked, and then gets another chance to win yourself a division title, and you lay an absolute freaking egg, a dud. And on top of it, I didn't even get to last week. He went to the strip club with no mask on, Personal and where you're freaking literally being hearing all over the world. What should you be doing? I'm so funny, Jason. What should you be doing? Is that a sign? Literally. We'll get into that, Joe, in a second. But literally, you're supposed to be wearing a mask. Yeah. And he did. He went to a strip club. And I he, he just took advantage of being a, a, a supposed franchise quarterback. He took that notion of franchise quarterback. You're going to be a franchise quarterback. Got to his head and thought he could do whatever he wants. That's why Jamarcus Russell was out of the league in a, a short time. That's why Dwayne Haskins may never get another job in the NFL. It's not because of his play. It's because of his play off the well, field and how he handles his maturity. Well, here's the first thing I do is I fire my girlfriend because she's the idiot that wanted to go to the strip club and posts the video. He has a girlfriend? Yes. It was his girlfriend that wanted to go to the strip club. She's off the team. Second of all, break up with her. If you read the stories last year, this is a guy Happy that, 2020. that she used to show up late to meetings, leave early during. He didn't care. Didn't care. That pisses me off. I'm so, an Ohio State guy, but I don't need that. That I mean, pisses me off. Here's the other thing. To be able to go to a strip club, this wasn't the second violation of COVID that he broke this year. This is the second one. Your head coach is dealing with cancer. He's been fighting cancer all year, getting chemo. How much your team is trying to win and get to the playoffs? How and big you, of an ass do you have to be to be that selfish? It's, so it's very unfortunate that you as yourself can't look at the bigger picture and what's in front of you. So I don't feel bad for guys like this. You know, they, I saw the things, oh, don't worry, you're 23, you get better. Listen, the problem is you're giving the keys to these guys at 22, 23 years old of a billion-dollar business, and you expect them – to act like a 10-year veteran. And not everyone can handle that. And that's the truth. Johnny Manziel, all these other guys. Brian Lee. Listen, it's hard. It's hard. It's the hardest position to play in professional sports. It's the one that has the most to give you, but the biggest to take away. 
Now, just like that now, because, listen, you look at all these quarterbacks. We've seen this. It's hard enough to be a good player on the field, to produce at a high level. It's another thing to screw up on the out-of-bounds, outside of football. And I think that's what makes it most disappointing because I watched Booger last night. I don't always agree with Booger McFarland, But he had a great take, and I'm glad it came from him because I feel like, and I'm not trying to get off topic, but you are. if it came off as a white guy saying it, it would have came off really regular. But he said about these black young kids who have the world by the balls and they screw it up. You have a golden opportunity. You are a first-round draft pick. They're giving you the keys to your car. They, you, all you got to do is go to practice, study, do the right thing. Be a leader on be a and leader, off the field. And, and you can't do it. And it's more important. And, and, and they said this, too, and I'll end it with this. is Maybe the best thing that happens for Haskins is him leaving Washington, because I don't know if you both are aware of You probably do. He's from the Washington, D.C. area. Yeah. So getting away from where there might be – your boys from the hood and your and your family and certain people that are always gravitating at you and pulling at you and asking for you things. Sometimes getting away from home yes. and going away that would be the best way for you as an individual to grow. He's speaking my language now, Joe. Sometimes it's good to get away from home. And I don't mean to talk like that, but even Booger said it. I say I'm not saying now you know why. why. It's about growth. You know, sometimes they say you got to leave the nest to be able to fly. Now this is why I brought up Daniel Jones in a sense. Like we don't have to worry about Daniel Jones's play off the field. Daniel Jones is a model citizen. We get that. Well, he's done for. I mean, he's done his part. He's done fine. What my big thing about Daniel Jones is, is the play on the field. Now he's been dealing with injury, and he still hasn't taken that. Now maybe next year he does. But as I've seen from two years, I've seen a guy that's been dealing with leg injuries, multiple leg injuries, which is concerning for a guy that loves to run and is one of the faster quarterbacks in the league, one of the better mobile quarterbacks. I don't. I haven't seen that next step. Now maybe we will see in year three. Maybe it's the coordinator. Maybe it's the maybe it's the offensive line. There's a lot of questions that could be so, that could come back to that point. But like I said with Josh Allen and and guys like that, there's a reason why Josh Allen is now one of the elite quarterbacks. And we're talking about Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield saying, are these guys going to be the answers for our franchises? There's a difference. You've seen Josh Allen take that step. Yeah. I, I need to see, and you said it earlier and why you brought it up, Daniel Jones, you're going to have at least one more year. Whether it's Dave Gettleman or a new GM, I, I think we can all agree that it's going to be one more year. And if he can't take that next step, then he's going to be gone. He's going to be like Dwayne Haskins looking for another job, the only, plain and simple. The only thing I worry about him succeeding with, and with my idea of, hey, go get a receiver and go draft one is – if the Giants end up moving on from Jason Garrett, it'll be his third new offense in three years. And we've seen that with Baker Mayfield. It's about That's you, about what is the word unity about keeping the same thing going. Joe, you probably consistency. You need you need consistency. Yeah. You need the same. You know, I mean, if Aaron Rodgers had a new offense every season, how good would he be? Yeah. I mean, and it shows. I still, I still think he would be. Really he'd be good, good but not as good. I mean, look at what he's done since Matt Lafour has been. I mean, last year he was he, great too. No, no, he, his he, numbers. I know, I know. I mean, his but, numbers weren't like, oh my god. But he also, you see what he has done with Matt Lafour, and Matt Lafour. I mean, that's progression. I understand that, Jace, but he hasn't taken the next step to a, a level that I feel like, okay, this is the guy that I'm going to rely for the next 15 years and say, this is it. This is our guy, and I'm confident with it. Congratulations, he hasn't fumbled. That's what quarterbacks aren't supposed to do. They're supposed to hold on to the freaking ball. 
I need progression to see, can he make great throws? And I know his receiving core stinks. It's not a great receiving core. I understand that. He doesn't have Saquon. I know all the all the reasons for him to... So that's why next him. year is even that's more That's why important. next year is the main year. And if yeah, he doesn't no. pan out, then he'll be just like Dwayne Haskins. Out on his rear end looking for a new job. Well, it won't be Dwayne Haskins. I think he'll be like a guy where Sam Darnold will probably move on from him and trade him for some pieces. That's what I'm saying. I think what I've seen of Daniel Jones, given the lack of Saquon, given the mm-hmm. fact that Ingram can't hold on to a ball, that the offensive line's a disaster. Bad offensive line. Yep. I've and seen enough to that. I, I feel a, a year three is warranted, and I feel a year three with some weapons around him. Like you said, Teddy, I mean, if you if you go out and get him a number one receiver with the defense you already have getting Saquon back, this guy can't win 10 games and, and win a division, then he's not your guy. Then you know he's not your guy. And him and Gettleman, I believe, will go out the door together if that be the case. I don't think Dave, Dave Gettleman will be let go after this season. I think they're going to give him the – you you got your quarterbacks in year three. You're tied with him. Well, did you see what you're I said? It's, 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 if he wins some games, we make the postseason – you stay, he stays. If not, bye. And, and you go on. That thing I sent you both in the, uh, did you see that little tweet I sent you? Yeah. So the first and the third. Get, wait, okay, wait, never mind. Go on. Was it Zach Wilson's thing? No. It, oh. it never was any of that oh, at all. I, th- I thought that was the thing you were talking so about. So it was the Colts. Do you remember the Colts and the Browns were in between the Giants in the 2018 draft? Both teams are 10 and 5 right now. The Giants are 5 and 10. There you go. Why is it taking this long to rebuild? This is why I say about the whole Gettleman thing. Well, can I can I great general manager? I mean, can I speak? They did move on from Dorsey, the Browns, but Chris Ballard has been amazing for the Colts. He's one of the better in the game. Well, here's the thing: the Colts were a good team. They just had fell on tough times right there. They were terrible. Didn't Andrew Luck retire, and that's why? Yeah. Okay, so you didn't have your quarterback, and we know about this league. If you don't have a quarterback, you have nothing. I don't care what else you have; you have nothing. Look at the Patriots. Not having Tom Brady is a difference. Not saying the Patriots I mean, would have. Hold on, not saying the, not two years, years ago they were only sixteen or three years. Not saying that the Patriots would make the playoffs with Tom Brady, but they would probably be a better team because Cam Newton can't play quarterback right now in the NFL. This is I'm going to end it on this for my part. The difference, the reason why the Browns and the Bills are successful is this: the Browns drafted Baker Mayfield. You know what they did? They drafted Nick Chubb. They had Jarvis Landry. They got Odell Beckham. They had David Njoku, and they went to go sign and trade for Odell Beckham. Oh, Hold on. So you put pieces around your young quarterback for him to succeed. You didn't do what the Jets did and go, good luck throwing to St. Mary's in the blind and, and the Jehovah Witness and, and, and this guy and that guy. You got no one to throw to. And you got no offense line. And you got no running back. You got Frank Gore in, the, in 17th year. And then you look at Josh Allen. They went to go get John Brown. They went to go get Stephon Diggs. They drafted Zach Moss. They drafted Devin Singletary. They gave him an offense line. They got great coaching. And you're like, oh, how did that guy get better? I don't know. Maybe because he's got good pieces around him. You know what's so funny, and I'm not getting it. It's just the quarterbacks that are successful have pieces around them. You can't, you can't make Flame Young out of crap. I don't even have now, the right one. You can't I, make it out of chopped liver. Look, I know that Gettleman has made some very nice moves. He, I, I'm not going to Kyle Murray, away. they went to go get DeAndre Hopkins. All I'm trying to say just is Just go that. get him a weapon. Give well, him an opportunity to grow. Daniel Jones is going to have one more year. Dave Gettleman, we'll see. I don't know. if they, I, Joe, I don't know if Dave Gettleman's. Yes, he will get one more. Because he's 100%, t- I should say. He, I think because he's tied to Daniel Jones, they're going to give him. So if Daniel Jones busts next year, then I think Devin, Dave Gettleman, because they're going to be like, how about the other? How about his first pick? Saquon. Well, so and, real quick, well, uh, here's yeah. the thing. Say you fire Gettleman, you want to bring in, say, uh, Louis Reddick. 
I, I don't. I don't believe Reddick is a fan of Daniel Jones. No. So he how does he? How does he go into that meeting with Demaras as maybe their number one target? And he's like, "Yeah, I want Jones out of here." How is yeah. that going to start? I mean, it, 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 it's 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 it, 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 it would definitely hurt. It would definitely hurt if you're the next GM. If you fire Gettleman, you got to run with Jones next year. That's what we're doing. That, and if, if you're playing, you're like, I want this Giants job, and I'm going to get this quarterback. And they're like, you got to get Jones. I mean, already everything you're setting out to do, your plan is out the window already. At least year one is. So it makes the job less appealing to quality candidates. So oh, to me, that hurts. As long as you're committed to Jones for next year, I think you got to keep Dave Gettleman around for the one more year. I think they're tied together. I think they stay together or they go together after next season. I think it's as simple as that. No and and just you think it's a pair? You think it's a pair no matter what? They stay together? I do. Together. Okay. I do. I and I'll tell you what, I think, I think if they beat Dallas this week, I think it's he's an absolute shoe-in so to come back. The bigger question be then with the Giants, and we talked about it before we close up the show, is the bigger question, do they keep Garrett? Because you just said, you mentioned no. it earlier. You have to almost keep gear because you don't want to have another offensive coordinator again uh, I, running a, a new system. Can I just join? Hold on, on, hold on. Where, where you're in a, a situation with the Giants that you're going into year three. This is the biggest year of of Daniel Jones and the New York Giants franchise in, in a while because you have to figure out if this is going to be your guy. Would you really want to have maybe another step back in the sense of let's go get another offensive coordinator? Guess what? Now we got to implement their offense, and that's another offense that he has to understand. The only thing, three offense, like you said, Joe. Why we first or one of you guys said it, said it? You both said it. You, that's three straight offenses, new offensive coordinators, and three straight new offenses that they have to learn. My, and especially in a year that is going to be pretty much like a, a deal breaker situation, a do or die situation for him. Is it fair to say Jason Garrett's not getting any coaching opportunities this offseason? I, I don't. Well, I, I, I don't I, see him getting a. Coaching. Here's the thing. I agree with he that. Might, he no. might just because of the name. No, he's not going to get a coaching opportunity because he hasn't proved anything with the Giants' offense that he's deserving of anything. Even and he's not getting a coaching job. So here's the thing. And I, and I at first my first thought when Trev asked this question was like, no, we should go get off. Can we go get offensive mind? But we want to keep consistency. How about this? You give Jason Garrett another try. Because here's the thing. If you do what I said, and you go get a guy like Allen Robinson. And then you happen to draft a receiver first or second round because you wanted to get the pass rusher in the first round. Fine. And a healthy Saquon. Let's see how Jason Garrett calls plays next year when you have Saquon and Allen Robinson and a receiver and Ingram. Let's see how that offense looks. Now, if he's still poor, having bad play calls and we're, and we're not scoring more than 17 points again, then he's out the door by week six. Maybe we're just but too if, Maybe we're just because here's the thing. Maybe we're just being too harsh at no, this offense no, no. with the lackluster talent around this team. But here's that it is, Trip, because here's the thing. If you don't have the personnel around you, doesn't matter your who offensive mind and your, you have to curtail your offense in a little bit. Mm -hmm. No different than high school football people. If your best running back or player is not on the field, you have to make it simplified. You have to do different things. If you don't have your starting quarterback, you don't run the same plays that you do every week in and week out. If 
You think the Giants run the same offense with Saquon in and with Saquon out? No, because you can't do the same things. The ability of Saquon and Wayne Gorman, as good as I love Wayne Gorman, he's not at the same level. You can't do the same thing. Just like the Saints when they had Taysom Hill and Drew Brees. They didn't run the same offense as Drew Brees. So in that so case, you got to go to what your strengths are. So it was basic runs, play actions, so and when, short passing game because that case, that's what you have, and you can only do what you have. So I say you keep Jason Garrett, you yeah. run with it again. Yeah. Let's see what his play calling looks like when he has a healthy Saquon, another year with the offensive line. You have a receiver, number one receiver, with a couple good pieces that are surrounded, and let's see if we can you make want, a great dinner out. You want Daniel Jones to succeed, right, Joe? You want him to, to be the franchise quarterback. My thing is, is that you, yeah. you have to keep Garrett because if you don't and you find another offensive coordinator, it's just going to add more confusion to a guy that's already thinking about, don't know if they're 100% all in on Daniel Jones as the quarterback. I know it sounds crazy, but if you're going to keep Gettleman, you're keeping DJ, you have to keep Garrett and give it a full try with a full If Garrett wants to stay. I think he will. Why wouldn't it? And if you're getting a full healthy team, plus if you make some moves in the offseason in the draft, this could be a completely different looking offense next year. So if you're going to stick with those two, you got to stick with Garrett because he's been limited just like Daniel Jones and this team has been limited offensively because of the lackluster talent around him, especially losing Barkley. What about Freddie Kitchens running Jason Garrett's playbook? Could He won't run the same, but he'll run his own, but... It could be a possibility. He did well with Baker. I mean, again, it's I would assume I would assume everybody on offense has the terminology down for this offense. I think even if you were to take some of Kitchen's plays and just run them under the terminology of the Garrett playbook, just so that you're saying the same stuff, uh again. I, they'll do what they're going to do. I, there yeah. was two other points I, I, I wanted to make uh, in here. The Giants have had three games this season with a receiver over 100 yards. Wait, say that again. I apologize. Say that again. The Giants have had three games this year where one of their receivers cracked 100 yards. What, what, you want to say that again? <laughs> I'm, uh, now I'm being funny, but that's that's sad. That's, I think one of them was in week. In, was one of them in, in week. Yes. And I, I mean, this is 2020 NFL. I think it was Slayton. Slayton twice, Ingram once. That's all it's been this year. I mean, like a week or two ago. Yeah. Ingram had the 129. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's pathetic. I mean, my God, it's 2020 in the NFL. This is, but again, and I don't want to beat this drum because I beat it a whole bunch of times, but they're five and 10. They could be, they could very well be nine and six. And if they were, Again, I mean that would put them right in line with the ten and five Colts and the ten and five Browns. No. So, are the Giants way off? Are the Giants two and fourteen? No, I mean Joe, things could certainly be worse. Joe, I'll just add it add to the list of this. And now I set you. The Giants in their three game losing streak are averaging eight point seven points per game. Right. That's. Three- and again, this is why we talked to Ted for the last three weeks. I said all the pressures on the offense because look, the offense came in averaging what thirteen points per game. No, I think, seven, seven, I think it was like no, no, it was seventeen. Seventeen because I thought it was seventeen. Wait, they were scoring seventeen points. Again. Right, and the average, no, no. no, I think the average was uh, right around twelve. I think like you just said. Game was it twelve? I think it was like twelve point six to be exact. Twelve point. I want to say I was going to say twelve point seven, twelve point six, something like it's that. A pathetic number. The idea they've averaged eight. I mean, it's like, how could you get any worse? How could you get any worse? Jesus Christ. How is that possible? 
I know. Hey, guess what? Fight the floor, you think it's 10 points a game. You should get dealt. <laughs> Meanwhile, we're arguing. We're freaking out over here about how bad this offense has been. They still have a chance to win the NFC East. Just remember that. Let's go Philly. And yeah. listen, not for nothing, yeah. but I you can – Let's go Philly. You can trash the NFC East all you want as far as the the way this division's played out, but I'll tell you what. I mean, everybody in this division has beaten a good team. Well, yeah. If you put if you put them together, they're a hell of a team. You put them I, all I mean, I, yeah, I hate to, I hate to say that, but yeah. – Who's the starting quarterback in the NFC East? <laughs> well, it's not starting Haskins. Haskins. I know starting? that. Well, we're not starting Haskins. Are we starting uh, Jalen? Are we starting DJ? Are we starting Andy Dalton? I'm starting Andy Dalton. Or Alex Smith, since he'll be back. I'm taking Andy Dalton with the Dallas receivers. I'm taking. I'm probably taking Washington's defensive line, though. You could put I'll, together a pretty I'll, decent. I'll, I'll, I'll take the Giants secondary. I'll take the Giants secondary. I, I think pound for pound, there's so much great talent in the NFC East. But it's not put Un- together. It's not Un- put together. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> it's specifically broken down units. No, they're awful. Which is shocking. Who's the head shocking. coach in the Who would be the head coach in the NFC East? I'm going Judge. Oh. No, over Vera. I'm going to judge because I like I like I think he's a Doug Peterson. I think he's a Doug, Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl. I don't trust Joe Doug Ju- Peterson. Joe Judge yeah. the Patriots. And McCarthy's out. And McCarthy's just done. We're not even giving McCarthy a chance. Yeah, geez. Yeah, if you put all the NFCs together, they make a really good team, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. It would be I think it'd be a great all star team. You know, they could definitely compete with all the other <laughs> divisions. Washington's defense. Whose offensive line are we taking? Because all offensive lines have been terrible. Not the Giants, I know that. Not not Phillies and not Washingtons, and neither is Dallas's. That's okay. That's what we're running seven on seven. Are we taking the Giants? Like, wait, maybe we could piecemeal the line together. <laughs> oh man! All in all, I know we've been bashing the Giants, and we kind of been saying what the hell's been going on. It's not on. bashing well, because we want them to be successful and great. Oh, Joe left. I want Joe to come back. Ah, don't worry about no, it. No, come back. It's okay, Joe. You can come back. What is and this finish. like Titanic? No, this is the last show of 2020. He's got to finish it out with us. Jack, come back. Come yeah, back. no, sorry. Um, my finger, I stuck my finger out. The wrong button. Um, I wanted to do one more thing about. The one more thing. And this, listen, I wanted to, I couldn't work this in earlier. You were talking about Lamar Jackson. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about the Ravens. Lamar Jackson's gone five straight weeks with less than 20 completions, including twice where he's only had 11. He's also had 440 yards and four touchdowns on, on, on his feet in those games. They're, pl- they're playing to his strengths again. Do you see his windows? And, and, and that's, this is what I'm going to say. Listen, I don't want Baker Mayfield throwing the ball 50 times. I don't want Daniel Jones throwing the ball 50 times. You can throw the ball 20 times with a quarterback that can run and hand the ball off to running backs, and you can win football games and put up 40 points because I've seen it. Just because it's not Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes doesn't mean it's a bad thing. Here's okay. the thing. He's like 30, he's like 30 and 5, and, his, and if you take the Chiefs away, he's like 30 and 2, bro. He wins football games. I know he hasn't got to a Super Bowl. It's only like year three as a starter. 27 and 7. So, and, and, and you've got to play to his strengths. He is what he is. He's a running quarterback that has the ability to throw, play action. They run the football. Let him do what he does. And Make they are plays with his what he's doing. He's the most athletic quarterback to ever step foot in the NFL. So – He's he's dangerous and Joe. You know what I told Trevor the other day, and I didn't take a picture of it. And I did it during the Giant game. We were watching the Giant game. 
I believe the stat was he had 44. 45 touchdowns in the red zone with no picks. No picks. And I said, you know, that's what I care about as a quarterback. You know when we talk numbers and everyone's like, what's your, when you watch football, what does he do when it matters most? He doesn't turn the ball over in the red zone. Just which like Josh means Allen. You get touchdowns or you get field goals because they have the best kicker in football. So if you're, that's huge. That's an important kid. You work so hard to get to the red zone to capitalize on points. You don't screw it up. That, that's that's important to me as a coach, as a fan. What does my quarterback do in the most important times? How does he play in the two-minute drill? How does he do in the red zone? How does he play in the fourth quarter? If all those three things are well, he should be a good enough quarterback to win games and get you to a Super and Bowl. He, and he wins. That's it. He wins, as Derek said. you got to win in this league to be successful and to keep your job. You need to win. And Baltimore does. And the Giants have a chance Keep doing it. Win. Win, baby. Do you win. win, baby. Just win. That's all you got to do. A, he's a huge Titan fan. Oh. Uh, but nothing wrong. You quarterback Harris, you want to keep going with this? No, we're done. I, we just for a on. second, I, I think this is so stupid. I really do. I really do. I, I mean, you know, to, to well, suggest that. Uh, just again, uh, like like as if only Penn State can put out linebackers or or only Florida State puts out defensive backs. I mean, the guys that they've had at Ohio State have been good quarterbacks for Ohio State's offense. Mm-hmm. That's why some of these guys have thrown 30, 40, 50 touchdowns in a season. I don't see Alabama quarterbacks tearing up the league other than – who knows two is still TBD. Don't see anybody tearing them up. There you go. You I mean, mean you're you're just, the quarterbacks that are great usually are I'm not – you excuse me, are usually not always on great teams. I'm sorry, LSU, all of a sudden, all because they got Joe Burrow. They, they've created Joe Burrow, so now they got great quarterback. Come on, give me a break. But, I mean, you think – All the big school. I mean, Clemson, Clemson's different. But you look at these guys, Josh Allen, you look at these guys every year. I mean – does Oregon produce quarterbacks? No, it'd be Herbert. I mean, previous to Herbert, when the hell did they have it? They had Mary. Right. Does, does Southwest Mississippi State crank out wide receivers like Jerry Rice? Well, I mean, think about this. I mean, come on. Eli was at Ole Miss. Phil Rivers was at NC State. Big Tom, Ben was at Miami, Ohio. Uh, Brady was at Michigan. Where's the Michigan quarterback? I'm sorry. Miami had so many great quarterbacks for such a long time. I didn't see them producing great quarterbacks, maybe other than Vinny Testaverde and Co- Bernie Kosar. I mean, maybe the – Gino Toretta. I mean, here's another <laughs> one, and this is probably the best one, is USC. They've always turned out quarterbacks. But what have they really done in the NFL? Carson Palmer is probably the best one I can think of in the last 20 years. Matt yeah. Weiner didn't turn out that great. Sam so, you know, it, and it doesn't have nothing to Sanchez. do with the college. It has yeah. to do with the team that they go to, what type of work ethic they're going to put in. You know what I mean? So we stop all, with that nonsense quarterback. Because here's years. the other thing, and this is the truth. I remember there used to be a thing about Alabama running backs. Remember Eddie Lacy and then – all of a sudden, Mark Ingram broke the mold, and then there was T.J. Yeldon, and Derek then Derrick Henry. Henry. You know, because Najee Harris is Najee Harris. You know, like it was like, oh, well, Alabama running backs are so good in college. Why can't they do anything in the NFL? But they've started to turn the court. That don't mean listen. It it happens. Some guys work, some guys don't. It's the nature of the ball game. That's why majority of the NFL is third and seventh round picks, not first round picks. Well, you hey, what do they say every year in the draft? This is where you win the drafts. Rounds three to seven. My bigger point here was I th- the idea that there's a curse or anything beyond just like you said, quarterback. Yeah, say, say, say the same thing about Alabama too. If Tua becomes a bust, quarterbacks will only be good as as far as what team they go to. Like I, I've no. said before, if if no. Mac Jones 
ends up on the Steelers with that elite talent. We've seen what he does with elite NFL talent. He'd be great in that situation. If he goes to the Lions, he'll probably be like everyone else. Yes. Yes, exactly. He'll be... He'll be 14 and 21 after year three, and they'll ship him out of town because that's what happens in the NFL. You got to have talent around you. Again, we talked about Allen. Go get him a number one. Kyler Murray, go get him a number one. Sam Darnold was supposed to be the thing. He went to the Jets. Is it really that Sam Darnold's really that bad? Or is it the Jets haven't put any pieces around him? They've had bad coaching. What if Sam Darnold went to the Chiefs like Mahomes did? Don't you, I'm not saying Sam Darnold would be Mahomes. Let's get that straight. But would Sam Darnold be the better Sam Darnold than he is for the New York Jets? I would say yes, because he's getting great coaching. He's going to get great personnel around him. And he's going to a good organization that knows how to grow their players. That's what it's about. Plain and simple. I, I, I'll, and I'll end it on this. I heard a talk show this morning. They were talking about, oh, if Mahomes went to the Bears, he'd be so... And the guy was like, stop. It's like what we talk about. Like, Mahomes, we talk about that all the time. Mahomes yeah. would be great, but where you go, where you go, it makes a big difference. There have been 12 Ohio State quarterbacks drafted since 1980. 12. It's not a curse. I mean, GMs have to wake up and be like, oh, this isn't working out. It doesn't translate. I don't need to see it like 12 times to know that. It's not a curse. That's a dumb thing to say. No curses. I guess the Jets should not draft Justin Fields. Let someone else. So when he goes to that team that you don't expect him to, and he he succeeds, you're going to – it's going to – because I listened to a show. They said the Jets should take Justin Fields. Attaboy, D-Way. That's my man who played college football, D-Way. D-Way. He could fly, Joe, back in the day. 4-4 speed, man. Lightning. So, like I just said with the whole – speed. So Alabama has a curse with quarterbacks, and USC must have a curse with quarterbacks too because they don't produce anybody, but all of a sudden – I like that too. Sam Darnold would do well for the Washington Redskins with Terry McLaurin and, and have yeah. would have pieces around him, and I trust Ron Rivera, absolutely. All I'm trying to say is there's no curse on Ohio State. Stop with this curse, please, people. Stop. Oregon didn't produce any great quarterbacks. USC, all the great colleges didn't produce quarterbacks. Give me a freaking break. Just stop. Go do something else with your life. My God! Everybody wants to. You want to keep? You better hope to God that Ohio State doesn't uh, win on Friday night. Get over this! Oh, shut up, Ted! You are going to get their asses kicked tomorrow. Sure, they're not half the teams not playing. Roll, Boomer, Listen, sooner, baby. There's, there's no magic. There's no curses. God's yeah, not picking teams the, here. I guess Stop the that. On the quarterback thing in Texas Tech, I guess. Yeah, because they produce quarterbacks too, Texas Tech. Oh, I, let's forget about. Let's not talk about them. Patrick Mahomes. If anything, the only team that can really say that they're gelling right now in quarterbacks is looks like Clemson. They produce yeah, Watson. Clemson. They got they're Lawrence, gonna, and this kid DJ Ugoyea is probably going to do really well too. Eventually, call it Mel. <laughs> oh, you guys, teach these. T- Tell, tell your boys to relax, Joe. Good night, Joe. Joe, hold on. Say good night, say good night, Kevin. Good night, Kevin. Good night, Kevin. No, Joe, this is it. The last episode of 2020. Anything you like to say before you uh, wrap it up, quick? Yeah, I'm finally glad I got my sweatshirt. I've been waiting yeah, since 2019 it. for it. Um, it so, like hey, you've I been do. quarantining in life, baby. That is true. Uh, I, I and I appreciate. I, I appreciate finally getting it. Look, you know, I think this year of all years with people locked down in quarantine and then people out of work, I think it's been easier to overanalyze everything. And 
when we don't have you remember when sports came back we had baseball and basketball and football all at the same time and it was overwhelming yeah. and then it all stopped and it was just football on the weekends and it was like oh no you know was bowling on or darts or anything so I think what what this has led to is people just trying to overanalyze things, whether it be college football in Coastal Carolina, or whether it be you know who's who's the best quarterback. Uh, you know, in, in in I mean, we we go a little, we get a little crazy because let's be honest, this year has kind of sucked. Kind of. I mean, it's it's all right. Big time sucked. Although some of us, some of us are crushing the quarantine and enjoying it. <laughs> the last seven months have been good for me. Yeah, other than being single, it's been yeah, it's been the single life has been good. <laughs> so, no, the, Joe, oh, did my, you see the comment D Way gave you? Yeah, Derek Way, D Way. So. Joe Prime Joey Time, get him, Joe. Joey Prime, Prime Time. Think, well, Joe, what do you think about that nickname, Joey Prime? I like this guy. Yeah, I'll take Joe Prime Time. <laughs> I, I got no problem with that. All I gotta um, say is about this year, just one last thing: just be thankful because we can't take our life for granted. Because you just never know what can happen. Lose a loved one just like that. We've seen so many people in our family and families around us that are close to us. We've seen so many people that have lost their lives. Let's be thankful every day of our life because this year, boy, oh, boy. All right. So I will put this, Joe, before you speak. Hold on. I'm going to do OVUS, how to get the hoodies. Now, for the last, like, three months, all we've been saying is if anyone wants a hoodie, please inbox me on Messenger, on Instagram, 10 Keys, Facebook. Get your, my number from Joe. Listen, if you want a hoodie, they come in black like this or what Joe's wearing or in blue, but the logo will be better. This was the original sample from two years ago. We had it blown up much bigger. It looks like this, but in blue. Those are the two hoodies. They're $30 a hoodie. You inbox me. You tell me what color and what size you want. And we'll get They're you. normal size hoodies, so they're not going to run small or big. If you're an XL, you're an XL. If you're a large, you're a This is 2X, and I love it. They'll give us a good review. They're very comfortable. They got a gray interior. And Dude, I, so I'm telling you, if I if I may just for a minute and plug you, I mean, I I honest to God, I haven't taken this off since I got it. You haven't showered since, and I'm time. embarrassed to admit I got it like four days ago. Um, and I, I, I mean, it is, dude, it's super soft. I mean, too, and it's, I love it. I, I really do, and I'm not just saying that. I really do love it, and I can't take this stupid thing off. Actually, one of my guys, one of my guys at work the other day, one of the guys, he's like, "Yo, where did you get one of those hoodies from?" And I was like, "One of mine." He's like, like, "Yeah, said, if you, you want one, one, message us. I've been saying it. We've been saying it for some time Listen, now. I'll if tell you, you something. I talked message to, us, please. And we'll I talked to Aunt Mar- I talked to mom this morning. She said Aunt Mary's, who we got the pink one, Joe. We got the all pink with the white lettering oh, for no. um, breast cancer. for breast cancer month in October. You know, I, we got we we have those too. I mean, I know it's late now, but if you're thinking hey, about you a gift for next for next year's Christmas, you want a pink hoodie? Get get ahead of the schedule. Uh, we can do it. We can do it for you. And eventually we'll have more t-shirts and col- and uh, polos coming out in early spring, probably in like two months. So yeah, talk to Ted. Just let me know. I can hurry up and put them in and you're probably, not going to want to talk to me. And I probably can get them to you by the end of the month. I'll be, I'll be thousands of miles. So away. just let me know. Before I go, I, I, I'll give you my last thought. One more thing? Um, my one more thing uh, for 2020 and beyond. Um, on, on one of my other podcasts, I'll piss you off shortly. I have what I call the one commandment. And I think everybody should take this and, and live by it. You ready? Sorry for being crass. Don't be a dick. I think if you could avoid being a dick whenever possible in the future, wherever there's a situation where you could be a dick or not be a dick, opt for not being a dick in every situation. I, I promise you 
Your It'll life will change. The people around you will, will, will change and treat you and see you differently. Simple as that. And this isn't a right or left thing. This is everybody. Yeah, don't exactly. be a dick. If you don't want people to do something to you, don't do it to them. I think if we all stop worrying about what everybody else is up to and, and, and work on our own house and work on ourselves and make sure we're the best person we can be, everybody's going to be all right. Absolutely. Good Happy New everybody. That was, that was a good way to end it. That was your good one thing. Ladies and gentlemen, my last big thing. That was the final episode of 2020. Joseph, thank you for ending that way. Like I said, we will be back next year on Saturday to recap the college football playoff and recap or preview. Well, I know it's next year. It's crazy to think. But we'll also talk about Week 17, a huge Week 17. Huge. So many playoff implications happening on Sunday. Cannot wait for this weekend of football around. Like I said, everybody be safe. Enjoy your new year. Please be thankful for what you got. It's been a wonderful year for us as a sense of keys to the city. Let's hope that 2021 is better for everyone. Bigger and better because, well, to be honest, everybody needs it after this year. Ladies and gentlemen, we are streaming on all social media platforms, including Twitch at Keys to the City. So subscribe, comment, share, like. Apple, Google, Spotify. Yeah, Spotify, all the fun stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We are out. See you next time. Yeah. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts we stating. Oh, we're live. We're back. We're back. Hey, ladies and gentlemen.